Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. For a first time ever on the Cricket Badger podcast this week, listeners, I'm jumping in with a introduction to the introduction. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but my right cheek is rather swollen up and I've got dentistry problems, got an abscess, I think, on the right-hand side of my mouth. And I've felt pretty rough for the last few days. So this edition of the podcast, which was recorded with Kevin Hand, was intended to be published on Sunday. And as I sit here speaking to you now, it is Thursday. So consequently, it is not quite as in date as it should have been but I think it's a good chat with Kevin and therefore still goes out and I thank him for his time in doing the podcast this week and I've been dedicating the podcast to various different types of people as we've gone through over the last few weeks and I think this one goes to people like me not to be kind of self-grandiosing or anything but people that live on their own who aren't feeling particularly well because of lockdown and they can't get outside in the sunshine as they shouldn't do because you need to stay at home save lives protect the nhs etc etc quite rightly but it's quite hard to deal with i think and therefore if you're on your own at this stage however old you are i guess whatever kind of fitness you're in this podcast is for you anyway i hope you're really well out there budgies i hope you're better than i am because i've had a pretty miserable few weeks to be honest but i'm planning through doing some more podcasts hopefully the antibiotics i've got now for my abscess will bring down the swelling and i'll be able to speak a little bit better on future podcasts there's already a few recorded actually so there's plenty to go at over the next week or two before i have to record some more i wish you well and i hand it back to myself to do now the introduction that was originally recorded for this edition of the cricket badger podcast see you soon it's that badger style 
Hello, my lovely Cricket Badger listeners. Another podcast for you. They're coming thick and fast at the moment as I'm sitting in my one-bedroom flat, twiddling my thumbs, thinking, right, who can I speak to next? So hopefully you're keeping up with them. Hopefully you are enjoying them. I think you'll enjoy this one. I spoke to Kevin Hand, the BBC Middlesex commentator. I mean, this chat should have been myself and Kevin talking about how we are looking forward to a season that is just about to start. But we all know the script. We all know there's going to be no cricket for the fourth seeable potentially for quite some time so instead of listening to two broadcasters stroke journalists talking about the season ahead you're listening to two people as frustrated as you are i imagine about the lack of cricket and we chew the fat about what it's like for kevin currently out there in spain we hypothesize about what may happen to the season i tweeted the other day that kind of speculation and all of this it's going to start in july it's going to start in august kind of stuff i was going to steer clear of it but sometimes it's hard to get away from the hope inside you that at some stage you're going to see cricket this summer i spoke to kevin on thursday before this comes out on sunday and it's a fast-moving world at the moment uh, things are moving apace with the coronavirus outbreak and various updates that we're getting from government and from sports governing bodies and kevin does refer to an article in this chat where it had been suggested by a number of newspapers that the county championship was going to be a line stuck through it and that we weren't going to see any four-day cricket this season and then yeah, i think just a couple of days later there was an article came out to say the county championship would be played in a different way and it seems to change daily at the moment so just bear that in mind when you listen to uh, my chat with kevin and there's also a moment in it where we talk about england's cricketers and footballers taking wage cuts and what have you and obviously that's moved on a pace since too the england cricket have donated a pretty decent chunk of cash the men and the women back to the ecb and hopefully that'll be put to good use to sustain cricket through a very very difficult period and the footballers too that that's kind of changed a little bit as well as they professional footballers association they've turned down the fa's suggestion that they take a 30 percent pay cut citing that the lack of tax that would therefore then be paid on that money would actually penalize the nhs so that's something that will rumble on over the next few weeks i'm sure but just bear that in mind things do change very quickly but anyway settle down for this edition of the cricket badger podcast it's two guys who thought they would be looking forward to a season covering the cricket talking about a season where they actually fear there may be no cricket at all my guest on this edition of the cricket badger podcast the bbc middlesex commentator kevin hand it's that badger style Pleasure then on this edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. I have to say edition now to make sure I say edition because it used to be once a week and now I'm basically sat at home twiddling my thumbs. We seem to be getting two or three a week, which is fantastic. I hope you agree out there, listeners. I'm welcoming Kevin Hand to the show, BBC Middlesex commentator. How are you, Kevin? I'm as well as can be expected, I think, in these <laughs> circumstances. Uh, lovely to be on. Thanks for having me. Last last time I, I communicated you, you were in Spain. Are you still over there or are you coming back to England now? Yes, we are still in Spain at the moment in in um, what's now third week of lockdown here and the second level of lockdown they have three stages of lockdown so um, even the first stage which was the first two weeks was even more restrictive than the UK's level of lockdown at the moment um, but we've now moved to a second stage of lockdown and there's still one more to come which is called siege <laughs> um, the third stage so um, I actually don't quite know how far that goes the siege stage but I, I doubt they would I doubt that it'll go to that that stage um, because at the moment yeah it's pretty restrictive 
exclusive here. Um, it's just supermarkets, um, pharmacies, similar to the UK, but no um, no exercising. You can walk the dog something like 150 metres from your house if you have a dog. But other than that, you're not allowed outside for any form of exercise. I've got to say that I mean, the whole thing is unpleasant, but siege sounds particularly unpleasant. That doesn't sound nice. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, when they, when they went to stage one of lockdown um, for the first two weeks, I didn't actually realise there was three stages at that point, because even then, you know, the army were on reserve, um, as they are across the world, to help. You know, and that was actually quite reassuring, because what they did say at that point was the army are here to make sure that all supply lines um, continue to operate as normal, which is incredibly reassuring. I think, you know, that aspect of it, I, I think, you know, the whole world's in it together, aren't they? And, you know, armies and police forces coming together it is more of a reassurance at the moment. I know there's obviously been things about the police state in, in England um, and things that have happened in Dar- Derbyshire and there's been a lot of um, talk about that, hasn't there? But, um, yeah, here I, I think, you know, there's been lots of videos that have circulated as well of because they've got three different types of police force here as well. Uh, one being the local police, the second being the national police, and then they've got the Garda Civil, um, the civil guards who are virtually like a um, the army, but they um, yeah, there's been some fantastic videos circulated them. So fingers crossed, everybody's working together to make sure that life continues as normal as it possibly can. So yeah, the siege thing it did as soon as I saw it the first time. I was like, oh, that sounds horrific. But we're at stage two at the moment. Um, whether it's required the state siege state, I doubt that very much. Uh, I think a bit like the UK, they just slowly have ramped things up here from the first stage to the second. And I'm sure in, in the UK, sadly, they probably will have to follow a little bit with tighter guidelines at some point when um, when they get closer to the peak and the apex. But no, supply lines here have been fantastic all the way through. There's never been a shortage of anything because uh, obviously we're a couple of weeks ahead of you in Spain, really, in terms of uh, the pandemic. Um, so, yeah, life life has gone on, really. And even if they did go to that st- third stage siege, um, which did strike me at first, I- I'd say at this stage now, it's not something that I'd be particularly fearful of or-, or wouldn't welcome because I think the way that things are being handled at the moment in terms of the army presence uh, in the background, they're not prevalent, but in the background, you know that they're there to help to make sure that things work, basically. You mentioned videos there. There's some people that come out of all of this COVID stuff with kind of egg on their face, to be polite, because they've maybe reacted to it quite badly. But there's some fantastic videos from around the world. And I saw one, I'm, I'm sure it was in Spain, where the police pulled up in this little kind of streetway and um, got out and the guy with the guitar pulled his guitar yeah. out all the police yeah. were dancing it's fantastic yeah yeah the, I think that was on one of the islands if I'm not mistaken it might have been Mallorca but yeah absolutely that is the uh, uh, I mean I've been out here for six winters now in Spain summers are spent in the UK obviously working um, with cricket but there is more of a community feel out here I must say um, which obviously we, we kind of regress a little bit in the UK don't we the community seem to have broken down a lot there is a little bit more of a community feel here and yeah that, that I think is very much part of it when you see the videos like that I mean the other thing is as well the flip side of it is obviously fines are a big talking point in the UK virtually from day one here on the first level of siege the fines were handed out really quickly and that message was drummed home that you know this we're not messing about here the fines are in place and they will be issued if you do not adhere to what's going on because I think even though fines are in place in the UK I think they've been quite lenient so far haven't they but um, from day one here it was very very strictly enforced and um, yeah everybody got the message you know (laughs) it went around like wildfire that you know these fines are handed out left right and centre if you even 
come close. And the onus is on you to prove that you are going to the pharmacy, prove that you're going to the supermarket. Um, you know, you're halfway between your two destinations. And yeah, so the, the both sides of it seems to be working quite well in terms of I think everybody appreciates the efforts of the police, but also the health service. I mean, obviously the health service, but also the police as well, that they're, they're playing their part and they're just doing their job. I think in the UK, there was that, that weekend just before the lockdown where a lot of people seem to just go out and let their hair down, have too much to drink and mingle. And then the lockdown came. And I think that that was the moment I think the UK actually woke up to the fact that this was this was serious. We, ha- we yeah. have to do this after each other and we have to uh, kind of kind of get together and, and, and fight this thing. But that, one of the things yeah. that strikes me from this, Kev, I mean, I don't know if it's the same in Spain, but quite rightly, the NHS, the carers, the volunteers are getting to become the heroes at the moment. I mean, we will talk about sport in a second. Sportsmen are usually the heroes. It's, the, it's you're kind of rock stars. It's all of those kind of people. But they, they've taken a complete backward step. Yeah, it's wonderful, isn't it? I mean, most of the other videos that went around, I know it's happened in the UK now as well, but eight o'clock every evening, there was the applause uh, for the health workers here. You know, incredible scenes, really. Uh, and it, it did. It struck me this morning. You know, you, you just think, what was celebrity culture? Do you remember that? You know, the, just such a different time, you know, only a few weeks ago. But yeah, you're right. The heroes now are the, the health service and everybody associated with them, which is wonderful to see that that recognition's there. And yeah, in terms of it being that, that, that when the lockdown began uh, that Friday night in the UK, I just remember here it happened, I think the kids were still at school. Uh, you know, schools were still uh, open. I think like the Wednesday or Thursday of that week, it was becoming apparent that on the Monday, everybody was starting to hear word that the following Monday, the schools would be shut. And then by Friday, I think that was confirmed by the schools, but also it happened very quickly here as well, that then it was the lockdown was to be, I think, from Sunday night. Then I think it was brought forward, actually, to Saturday night. So as soon as they made the announcement, it was almost instantaneous here as well. But I do think people observed it here very quickly because I don't know whether Spain was a little bit ahead in terms of the cases at that point when the lockdown was enforced. I think the UK hadn't hit the UK quite as hard when the lockdown came in. I can't remember now. I mean, it, it's all only a couple of weeks ago, but everything happened so quickly now, doesn't it? But yeah, it's all it, it has been adhered to pretty well here in Spain, I have to say. I don't hear much of um, problems in terms of mass gatherings or anything. We've tweeted about it together or, or been in contact about it a lot, you know, because Spain's been ahead of the, ahead of the UK. That's why, for me in particular, I've just thought that the cricket season for quite some time is in has been in real danger and every time i saw something released about it i just thought it's not the picture that i'm seeing sitting here in spain because what's happening in spain is coming to the uk soon and hopefully it doesn't hit the uk as hard but the uk will still have to take actions actions very similar to spain and italy to make sure that it doesn't hit the uk very hard if it does then for sure you'd, you'd think the cricket season is completely wiped out even if plan a if everything goes exactly to plan in the UK there's going to be death there's going to be a horrendous period in this country yeah. I've been listening to a lot of the radio and we'll, we'll talk about radio in a second but radio's been brilliant because I, I live on my own I've got nobody to talk to all day long and I have the radio yeah. on you know, I've been a, a fantastic companion during the uh, the last few weeks but I just can't see how sport can be just brought back in I, you watch the football people talking about well we're going to play the Premier League in June well how do you know because you don't know what's going to happen nobody knows what's going to happen you watch the the briefings and the politicians and they don't know what's going to happen so how how sport can actually start to plan to come back in until all this has settled down it just can't do it and you mentioned to me just before we press record on this that you know rob andrew's been quoted yeah. in the in the today pretty much what i've said on twitter really that i'm actually 
gearing myself up not to see any cricket this summer. And Rob Andrews being saying that county cricket teams and, and cricket itself has really got to kind of gear itself up to the same thing. Yeah, it, it just came out this afternoon. It was BBC Radio Sussex that spoke to him. And that interview's obviously gone around now just before we've gone on. And he was saying that counties have to prepare themselves for the possibility that there'll be no cricket this summer. And that's the first time that I think anybody's gone that far. And in a way, I'm glad to hear because I'm sure the reality behind the scenes must have been there for the ECB and the counties for some time that there will be no that there could be no cricket this summer. I'm sure that is the reality of it. But it has reassured me to hear that somebody on the record has said, yes, we are preparing um, and counties should prepare for the possibility of no cricket at all, because it's very difficult to see how you know, a close, close contact sport like cricket can get through even a couple of weeks. It just takes one player to be diagnosed with it. And if the measures are the same then, which you'd imagine they will be in terms of everybody in close contact has to quarantine, then that's two weeks that that player and that team and that squad and the backroom staff are all taken out. Likewise, the op- opposition that they're playing against at that time and the opponents they played last week. So that's three teams taken out by one player. And that's why the championship for me seems uh, an absolute no-go. And although it hasn't been confirmed yet, the papers yesterday and a couple of other sources got hold of it and they that it looks like the championship probably will be off this year. Now, maybe they'll try and get some behind-the-scenes practice matches for players ahead of the winter, I guess, and potentially some test matches played behind closed doors and you could see an England squad being quarantined for two weeks to play a a two-match test series or a three-match test series that's possible isn't it because there was talk for the Premier League in football and you know like everything we always have to look to the Premier you know that's the big money-making sport there was the report of a June six-week period wasn't it to finish the Premier League period with it all played in one area of the country behind closed doors televised everybody on quarantine but everybody in quarantine also means the chefs the hotel staff it's a massive operation now the premier league i I think even for that it's probably unrealistic maybe slightly more realistic is playing a test series between two teams Uh, the touring team comes in and quarantines for two weeks the england team quarantines for two weeks and then away they go and play their series but that does mean for them as well though that they'll need a hotel staff um of some description to be on quarantine with them for for that period so yeah again that goes back you know in terms of the county championship for 18 teams all of those players um, maybe there's some matches that are possible just as warm up matches really um, and again you know whether they're a select 11 ahead of the test team and ahead of the tours this winter possibly um, but to see a championship I think is well, I, I just unless the world changes dramatically in a couple of months which is hard to see then I can't imagine how it's feasible to have the championship play at all It's even more important at the moment, given my own precarious employment position with no sport to commentate or write about. I am looking for a Cricket Badger podcast sponsor. Please, please, please help out the podcast. Help me out and come on board with your business. I can get you in front of the cricket world. Plenty of people listening to podcasts at the moment with no live sport to descend upon with their eyes or their ears. So please, please, please help out the Cricket Badger podcast. Come on board. Contact me, cricketbadger at hotmail.com or contact me on the Twitter at cricket underscore badger. Your help would be hugely appreciated by the Cricket Badger listeners and we can help each other out in these troubled times. 
the behind closed doors thing, I, I tweeted the other day, I just can't see how that can work. I mean, you've already kind of gone through half of it, but the amount of people that are involved in putting it a, a, a match on, one of the purposes of trying to play it behind closed doors is you stick it on the television. And I used to sit in my office at Headingley um, when it used to be in the East Stand before it was a museum. And yeah. I used to look it out in the car park. And when Sky used to arrive to put a TV match on, the number of trucks and the number of people wheeling cables around, the cameramen, the people making the drinks, the, the, the food for those guys. And that's just a small section of people that are involved in a live cricket match. You've got all the players, you've got the coaches, you've got a few backroom staff. But you have to be a few media there as well if they're going to cover it properly. So you, you're talking about a lot of people there. I, I don't see how. In a competitive, if you're trying to make that match competitive and worth watching, it's got to be competitive. Otherwise, why, why turn it on? People aren't going to change their their way of playing. Um, even if they try to, it's going to be instinct. When a player takes the wicket, you're going to go and hug him. When the ball's given to you, you're going to try and shine it with a bit of saliva. There's so yeah. many different ways that the virus can go around. And like you say, just it only takes one person to start coughing, and that whole tournament's called into question. That's probably what the ECB will have to be thinking of, because, I mean, there's talk of playing the blast, isn't there? But it would be behind closed doors. So I don't see how the priority is the blast if it's behind closed doors, because obviously the real money from the care for the county then is in the attendances the gate money so if it's behind closed doors they're staging the blast but really to what effect I'm not a big fan of the 100 at all I wasn't a big fan of the concept of a second short form competition coming in and new teams um, I didn't like it from the beginning I still don't like it now but now that it's here and the TV deal is in place and it's going to be on free to air then launching the 100 this summer seems to be the logical thing to do for me because there's no other sports so it's a reduced number of teams it's not the 18 counties um you've got a limited number of teams a limited number of players lock them down for that period like we said two weeks ahead then they play a very shortened two three week tournament possibly based in one or two venues in the midlands trent bridge and edgbaston maybe or get, get it done and get it on free to air television when it's got no other competition because if, yeah. the, if the stands are going to be empty whether it's the Blast or the 100 then okay fine put your 100 on because there's a chance the 100 stands could be empty anyway this summer even if this hadn't have happened so you know because it was really debatable as to whether the cricket public wanted it The thing is with that as well is that you know, the, the argument against having T20 on the TV was because it was too long and could they actually fit it into the schedule and I am so conflicted with this 100 thing at the moment because I can see the big money that the 100 is potentially bringing into the game. If everything else was a level playing field, you know my views on the 100, I'm totally yeah. against it. I, don't, I think it's a gamble with cricket. But yeah. if it's the only thing that's going to still get that TV money into the game, a game that's going to be robbed of its income through an entire summer potentially, then I'm prepared to sleep with that devil to well. keep cricket surviving because I, I love 18 counties I love the championship I love the way that cricket is in the summer there's not going to be any counties um, if they do away with the blast this su- just for this summer and say okay here comes the 100 it's unlikely as we've just talked about with Premier League football that's a long shot as well so if they could just do the blast in a two or three week period get it on TV get it into the public mindset then what better launch could you ever possibly ask for but everybody's saying yeah but you want to, you want the people in the stands this is the whole point of the 100 you can't guarantee the people in the stands even if it's next summer um so play it in an empty stadium give it the full tv effect get the players on kids tv promoting it drive the digital um marketing as well and you know i think it's a great opportunity to give the hundreds the perfect launch pad
iPad, but uh, obviously it's not being, or it doesn't sound like it's being seen that way because all the talk seems to be protect the 100 and put it to next summer when next summer it's going to be competing with an Olympics, Euro 2021, we hope. You know, all is well by then. And uh, obviously all the 18 counties and the blast as well. So I, I don't understand the theory of not playing, of trying to play the, the, the blast with 18 counties behind closed doors, which sounds a real long shot for me trying to get 16 fixtures in home and away eight, with 18 counties, that number of players, that number of staff, whereas a reduced number of teams, a reduced number of players, a shortened period of a couple of weeks, pummeling it into the public, then w- what an opportunity. So I don't understand why that one doesn't seem to be getting off the ground at all. It barely seems as though it's been considered. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre as well, because as you know, I've been completely anti the 100. I've set up, I suppose, the 100, all the rest of it. Yeah. And, and the first, so I've been, my views have been the polar opposite to the those expressed by the ECB. And the first time I come around to actually thinking, well, actually the 100 might yeah. just have a role this summer, the ECB go down the different track and say, well, probably we'll mothball it and put it back, put it out next year. I, I totally agree with you. And you, well, you talk about TV and free-to-air TV. BBC are talking that you know stopped filming EastEnders they've stopped filming a number of programs that they, you know dramas and everything the landscape of TV is going to change this summer they will be crying out for something to stick on in that sh- in that schedule yeah exactly and you know the, the other thing is the um, the TV money is withheld this summer because the 100 hasn't been played then what sense does that make to, to push it back to next summer I mean the counties need the money and the thing the whole thing about the 100 is meant to be about the money that it's bringing into the game well goodness me the game needs the money this summer so why not why put it back to next summer if the TV deal um, will be changed this summer without the 100 so I just don't understand the thinking really but I've never understood the thinking of the 100 all the, all the way through so um, I'm not wholly surprised at this stage that I'm not singing from the same hymn sheet once more as the ECB because it surprised me massively I just thought they'd have jumped on it and said this is our real opportunity to give the the 100 the perfect launch and we will get the TV money this summer that we so desperately crave I mean you're right as well I mean I've seen some people express the view well the 100 isn't guaranteed a crowd they were talking about selling the tickets off cheap anyway but the crowd's not the issue here you know I've always been an advocate that sports should go ahead of money but not necessarily this summer because this summer cricket needs money more than it's ever needed money in its life because the incomes I mean and, and it's not just the small counties there's the perception I think out there that well the Derbyshire's the Leicestershire's the North Hanses might struggle but they actually have far lower budgets and far lower expenditure it's actually some of the bigger counties that are going to struggle take Lancashire for example at Old Trafford Lancashire obviously a test match ground probably not going to have any test matches not going to have any county fixtures they have rock concerts that are going to be cancelled they have car park they make a big chunk of money from selling car parking spaces for Manchester United just down the road that's all been that's all stopped as well now so Lancashire's income has completely dried up any hospitality boxes any events that they have in their their suites have stopped because they've been cancelled so big teams like Lancashire test match grounds are actually losing a far bigger chunk of their revenue than probably anybody else and they need protecting don't they 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 need after these counties you know i can't believe that by playing the blast this summer and putting that on sky as it always is that that's that tv money is going to be worth more to the ecb than the tv money of putting the 100 on um because otherwise why are we doing this why are we doing 100 but again i think we can probably talk that in circles couldn't we over the 100 but it's just the fact that the simple fact of the matter is fewer teams fewer players fewer problems then in terms of contagions and again in terms of time frame you could get a tournament done realistically in weeks if you schedule it properly i mean obviously you'll have to re- think it slightly but the old uh, 2020 cup which was done in a couple of weeks the group stage where 
where you didn't play home and away, did you? It was, you know, in the, I mean, I follow Middlesex all the time for the BBC. So it was Middlesex, Surrey, Essex, Kent and Sussex, wasn't it, I think? And Hampshire, poor old Hampshire had to drive across to the, um, to be part of the West Group at one stage. I mean, there was various formats of it, but certainly they got it done in a couple of weeks at one point, the group stages. So, you know, maybe if they were to play a blast in August or September, they play it in that format. But again, it goes back to the point that will they get their full TV money this year, the ECB, for putting the blast on? Or would they get their full um, TV money or the fair chunk of it for putting the 100 on? Because again, the test match is realistic, I think, for later in the summer because it's only two teams. You've just got to quarantine two teams. Now, as you mentioned, there's an extension of that to the stadium grounds in terms of the TV coverage. You need cameramen, you need food trucks. I mean, I think all of that could come from one source in terms of the food trucks and actually in terms of the cameramen. Well, maybe maybe it'll be a um, cricket in the 70s and 80s again in terms of not quite as many angles on the replays for this summer, you know, reducing it in that sense. I, I certainly think getting a couple of test matches on is feasible um, and I'm sure the ECB will be doing everything they can to make that happen. I thought the other day that the ECB were talking to Sky and the BBC about maybe extending their existing deal for a year and I guess spreading the money over six years rather than, than five, which would make sense, wouldn't it? If, yeah. you can, if you try and just draw it out a little bit and not just deny yourself any money this summer. But the yes. BBC is going to be struggling. You know, Sky are going to be struggling. I mean, I would imagine Sky's subscription rates have gone down no end. I mean, I've certainly... And advertising, some- yeah. And advertising, you know, advertising will drop quickly, won't it? Which is, you know, I mean, it's a real struggle for everybody. The sooner that the peak, the apex happens across the world and hopefully we come out the other side and don't see that second wave next winter, which I'm sure there will certainly be a blip for it, but hopefully not too bad. Because, yeah, you're right, advertising for the television companies and, of course, it's the television money that really drives cricket in this country, um, as it is indeed football and uh, and, and most sports. But, yeah, uh, it's difficult for, I mean, I really feel for the counties because, you know, as it's been, of course, we've been told that there have been counties on the verge of going bust for many years. And we know we know they have um, so now they've got an unbelievable challenge ahead of them this summer and you know there's difficult decisions I mean already the staff at Sussex have been furloughed haven't they the non-playing staff but I guess you know other count the, the, all of the counties if it is that the championship is off for this summer then what happens with the players wages well, there's been a lot of talk about players where using football and in cricket over the last few days, isn't there? And I got mixed feelings on that because I think sometimes sports stars, we all know that, you know, the, the big Premier League footballers earn a lot of money. And obviously the England players earn a lot of money. But, you know, your average county player isn't probably on quite Absolutely. as much, I think. Yeah. And I sometimes think that sports stars, though, are, are kind of brought out as being the example of what's bad about people being selfish and stuff when there's a lot of people working in the city that earn more than they do. And there's a lot of yeah. people around this, this world that earn more than sports stars do and they don't get called out into the front pages to say well you should forsake some of your salary for the next day or whatever so kind of it, it is a little bit dodgy but then the other side of me thinks well yes yeah, sports stars set an example you know you, you are heroes to a lot of people and rather than wait for the PCA to come to you or the ECB to come to you to say you know forsake some of your central contract Ben Stokes Joe Root etc volunteer it you know get out there and shit, set an example for the rest of the nation it's unbelievably difficult to talk to and to be honest without sets of figures in front of me you wouldn't I wouldn't want to really put anything on it other than to say that if 
possible when at times when a sport struggles you'd hope that the footballers put back into the sport and if possible that cricketers can put back into the sport that that has also worked so well for them but I don't know I really don't know the answer on that one I'm sure if it's possible then footballers cricketers you know like everybody that there's got to be um I don't know a little bit of responsibility if it's possible um to give back hasn't there at, at, at this point um and as I said you know we've seen the news that Sussex have furloughed non-playing staff at the moment I'm sure that's going to be happening at all the counties really isn't it um because there's not going to be much work for anybody to do really this summer is the way things are going so if the championship goes I mean that's the other thing it's hard to say really what players could do when we don't know what kind of season lies ahead still I mean they're all being asked to train at home I think at the moment aren't they we see lots of videos on social media of them training in their houses and in their gardens because they've got to prepare for at the moment the season starting when is it May 28th which I think is Surrey Middlesex isn't it which I'll I'll be due to be back for that one as well but realistically I think we can say at this stage that's not very likely to happen at all and if we do get something of a season then surely it's August and September at best Ian Botham the greatest ever test cricketer to have played for England according to the hashtag goat cricketer vote we're on to India to get involved India Badgers who is the greatest ever India test player hashtag goat cricketer follow on Twitter at cricket underscore badger have your vote have your say we're going to find out who is the greatest ever cricketer to have played test match cricket get voting talking there about players forsaking wages and what have you I mean the other argument is obviously regardless of what income you get whether it's 10 million a year or whether it's 10,000 a year you live to your income don't you so yeah, it's not necessarily well, exactly. always I mean, you know people will have mortgages to pay so yeah that's why I say I wouldn't for a minute really put an opinion on it other than if there's something that you can do to give back to the game then you'd like to think that that, um, that people would um, but again I think you look more to football first on that one don't you but you look at cricket I and mean, cricket's doing its job Josh Butler fantastic gesture from him to um, auction off his World Cup um, for the, the hospitals in the area that he lives in and um, Ricky Clark and Andrew Gale two county well county coach and a county player still have uh, volunteered for the NHS I'm sure there's other cricketers as well, as well that I'm not aware of that have done that too and yes so there are moves out there amongst cricketers and and coaches to try and help out in this situation and I think Andrew Gale said I'm not doing anything else I might as well I might as well chip in yeah it's fantastic isn't it it is lovely to see and um, you know we've seen it from the counties already that um, various counties have released various press releases and things of of things they're trying to do to help in their communities so yeah hopefully there's some good to come out of this isn't there because it's very difficult you see all the figures to see any good at all but everybody's trying to do their part aren't they and that's got to be recognised let's say with the cricketers especially county cricketers they are paid modest wages so you know they they I couldn't put an opinion on it at all because every case is different and even within the counties within the dressing rooms there'll be very different um, wage structures and personal expenses of, of lifestyles that people have created so it's a horrible situation um, it's a really horrible situation and I'm sure that everybody will be trying to do their best I come across you usually on a preceding tour somewhere and 
and uh, we have a beer and, uh, and talk about cricket and talk about looking forward to a cricket season ahead and it's a completely different vibe isn't it this time we're all in self-isolation we're not quite sure what's going to happen part of me thinks we're not going to see any cricket at all this summer it's difficult I mean I've, I've seen supporters as well Kevin who have booked their hotels up for the summer months so they plan their summers don't they around the cricket and they book their hotels up and now wondering whether they can get refunds it's just the, the dynamic of cricket has just disappeared hasn't it yeah and you know the interesting thing as well is you know there'll be players this year who would have been going into the season thinking do you know what this is probably going to be my last so I'm really going to enjoy this try to enjoy it um, you know players reaching a certain age that just think oh you know maybe at the back end of last season was thinking oh, I'm going to get one more maybe I can get one more year the body was starting to creak a bit or maybe even the mind just wasn't having the same kind of concentration levels or commitment um, so you know those players had actually it, it, it struck me as well that for those players going into this season however many it would be that we're thinking about at the end of the season retiring what do they think now because actually not only does their final season go I mean maybe they were under contract for two more it's but you know also that final season's money that they were thinking about they would get uh, may also go if this was to be their final season because obviously Nat gets to the end of the season and X number of players retire each year so you very much feel for those players as well Yeah it's, it's not just the ones that are retiring either is it there might be a youngster who's had a had a three year deal maybe not uh, turned up too many trees he's in the in the third year of that three year contract and he's thinking I need to make an impression this summer to kind of be kept on the staff I get, Yeah I mean at that end of it, I was thinking that through as well. I guess at that end, counties might be more, f- not, not more forgiving. So I'm not saying they wouldn't be forgiving with people at the other end of their career, but they might take the view that actually nobody's played any cricket anywhere this summer. Uh, recreationally, it's in doubt. Uh, so nobody's career is moving forward this summer. So do they all take the opinion that actually, look, all right, this was the third year of your academy. You've still got the third year of your academy to come next year because nobody's moved forward this summer. It's not that that one person has lost their year that everybody has. Um, every single player at every single level has lost their season, potentially. I mean, it might be different. We doubt it will be, but it might be. So I wonder will counties take that view that, you know, if there was a player who had one more year to run on his academy deal, that actually they'd still get that academy deal next year? The only worry about that, though, Kevin, is if you come into 2021 and counties are skins. It's the ones at the end of their contracts that they don't have to pay off that are probably the easiest ones to get rid of just to kind of get wages off the books and to cut yeah, prices. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're obviously at a stage of their life then as well that they're wanting to earn a wage and begin their life. So it's very, it's tough for them, isn't it, that, um, that they too will have to think that way. But you just hope that maybe they themselves as individuals will be able to hang on for one more year. <sighs> you know, to push for one more year because they haven't lost that year themselves of development because nobody else has developed in that time one way or another. But I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's again, it will come down to individual cases as well. But yeah, it's very difficult, isn't it? I mean, all of the contracts, if they are furloughed this year for county players, which we have no idea that they will be, but if they were to be, you know, if you were on a three-year deal, you've just lost one of the years of it. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough season ahead for cricket because football will think that well hopefully they can get to the the winter and start up a season but cricket obviously if that we were to lose the season fully you know as Rob Andrew has warned counties must at least prepare for uh, no county cricket this summer then it's an awful long way to next April. It's a little bit like the ice cream man isn't isn't it who um, he's waited all winter to bring his ice cream van out and uh, then basically it snows all summer kind of thing and uh, you, you can't get your ice cream out and you've got no sales. Cricket's very seasonal 
and cricket yeah. very, uh, very has that little window in the summer and an even smaller window when there's no football. You know, there's yes. those kind of tweaks right in the middle of the summer, which is a kind of peak time for cricket. And it's uh, potentially going to be denied that at all. Let, let's get on to some slightly more positive thing. If we can call Mark Church your Surrey counterpart positive. He's been doing <laughs> yeah. his videos with his, with his kids and his mum and what have you. And he's been batting in the back garden, I've seen, uh, over the last few days. He seems to be keeping himself occupied and keeping people entertained on cricket. Yeah, I'm trying to do my little bit with this podcast. Um, but everybody's affected by this. And like I said, I've been listening to a lot of radio and I've been hearing people phoning in far worse off than me and far worse off than, you know, hopefully uh, the listeners as well. It's, you know, it's affecting people. COVID's affecting everybody in society as well. Ultimately, Kevin, I guess sport doesn't, it's quite a long way down the pecking order. We love sport. It's really important, but there's far more important things, aren't there? Well, it is. And that's why, um, that's why, you know, my first thoughts are I just don't see how cricket gets played this summer because what priority do, you know, the government give that in terms of a number of people gathering and, you know, for 18 counties. So there are more important things. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. And, you know, um, we're homeschooling at the moment with the kids and, uh, you know, obviously you get a lot of time with your family at the moment, but then with your extended family, you don't. So everybody, as you say, has got a slightly different perspective now, haven't they? Whether it is trying, as you say, to do things like Churchy's doing and many others are um, on their social media outputs to try and find something. And obviously, as you're doing a great job with these podcasts as well, as you say, you've stepped them up to, uh, I'm sure, everybody welcomes to more regular intervals um, because we've all got in one way a fair bit more time on our hands but equally we're also finding we've got a little bit less time on our hands because there are life's just changed hasn't it and it'll be interesting to see of course when it does go back how it goes back because everything will be put into perspective that it's not quite that important because that's the thing for cricketers as well you know they were all they were all on pre-season tours when this happened and they all had to be hauled back and I think you know just chatting to one or two I think there were a few that were like well we don't want to go back we're quite happy where we are because it isn't over here but then equally there were those who wanted to get back because their families are at home um, and then I think overall the decision was for the counties that they probably, you'd imagine, got some sort of, say, tip off from the government. But, you know, there would have been something that would have gone around to say, look, borders will start to close. So if you've got people abroad, you need to get them home now. Because, you know, there were a lot of um, tours taking place in countries that weren't affected. <laughs> it's, it's just so incredible, really, to talk it through. And again, we won't really know the full impact of everything until probably a year's time when hopefully normality has resumed and we see what normality is. When are we going to see Kevin Hand, the Middlesex commentator, taking on Mark Church on Twitter with some videos? <laughs> <in frame? laughs> I used to be able to bowl quite quickly, actually, but I don't know if um, I don't even know if one of my fastest deliveries back then would make it all the way from the south of Spain up to um, up to Wales or wherever Churchy is right now <laughs> he's doing a good job though I mean and, and I'll tell you what I, I tweeted him the other day you, you're not even the best commentator in your own family I've yeah. kind of rooted from that uh, that sledge to him from back in the day because his daughter and his mum have uh, helped him out no end yeah absolutely it's great isn't it um, it's lovely to see I was actually um, under the duvet with a horrible virus at the time which we don't think was COVID-19 but when the antibodies test comes out we'll find so the first week that he was doing it church I barely saw any of them I was desperately I mean, in fact we were going to do a podcast that week weren't we but I was really yeah. not feeling well yes. at all yeah he's, he's done extremely well I think I've just seen today even church he's had to have a slowdown he's going down to two day, um, one one every other day now to keep up with demand but um, yeah he's done a great job of it there's been some um, some lovely ones around Nick Godwin the BBC London football commentator actually commentated on um, Churchy batting in his backyard that was a lovely one as well that was a really good job on the BBC London Twitter uh, Twitter feed I saw that one but you know people are coming up with ideas aren't they eSport this summer seems to be taking off the Cricketer magazine have got um, a virtual um, cricket season about to take place 
case, haven't they? And I think I just saw on social media as well, one of the headlines was Ben Stokes signing up to be a Formula One driver this summer, uh, if I'm correct. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I saw that headline, um, that he's going to be racing in some eSport Formula One tournament. So there's going to be a lot of innovation, I think, because we are lucky in some ways, aren't we? Uh, I mean, Terry Waite's interview went around the other day, didn't it, when he was talking yeah. about the horrors, the absolute horrors that he had to live through for five years. We're all hoping that, worst case scenario, this is five months, but we've all got the internet, we've all got t- TV, and, you know, the, as we started the interview, the supply lines are all in place. So, um, you know, it's, it is going to be a very different world when we, when we go back to... Uh, to what's left afterwards your um, your BBC coverage not just uh, obviously Middlesex but around the counties is fantastic in the summer um, I'm talking about in my current state of you know Radio 5 and, and all the rest of it keeping me company during the day but a lot of people out there are going to miss you Kevin Hunt as they go through the summer <laughs> because that, BBC is the soundtrack of the summer for a lot of people uh, they'll miss the Middlesex commentaries I'm not sure they'll miss me I'm just <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just the vehicle the, it's the players and the sport driving it isn't it and you know we'll miss the, the, the commentators for sure we'll miss the listeners because of the emails and the, the tweets that you get that's a big big part of the fun you know getting that interaction from the listener I tell you nothing lifts you really um especially if it's a flat one that track when something gets going on on twitter or on the emails that gets everybody chuckling along so yeah it will be really 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 sad um if we don't see any cricket this summer and we don't see any action obviously at the moment the word that we all seem to be getting is that they're really really gearing up to try and make sure that they can get the blast at the far end of the summer so just maybe um i still think it's a long shot personally that we'll see that but if it is just to be test cricket then again we'll take that won't we we'll it take, sounds we'll like hundreds we'll, we'll take anything take. exactly it sounds like the hundreds off but if it, even if they could get two tests or perhaps a, a, tr- a three match one day series or something for england um with one of the touring teams but the other thing is getting the touring teams here isn't it so yeah who knows when when we'll all be back but um no i think we'll all desperately miss each other as a cricket community this summer so again it will make us appreciate it all that much more next summer if that is the case I think that's that's the perfect kind of almost full stop to this podcast that I think when you denied something not not just uh, not just sport but anything and you realise how much you miss it you take it for granted at times I think sometimes don't you cricket, football whatever whatever your bag is you take it for granted and I think uh, there's going to be very few of us after this uh, pandemic and the isolation and and what's happened over this summer hopefully for not very long who aren't going to come back into the the real world with a slightly different outlook and hopefully a, a slightly better society as a result of it maybe some positives can come out of it yeah absolutely and you know we talked about the innovation there didn't we that you know there will be innovation that comes out of it and I think you know as I was talking through that point what I was going to close on on that point was to say that for all the innovation that will come out of it we just hope that I mean obviously first and foremost in terms of human life that the cost isn't um, uh, too desperate and too devastating Um, because the other thing obviously we're here to talk about cricket is that we hope that 18 counties are still there next summer because that is seriously a a consideration isn't it how do they innovate we talked about you know people will be at home and innovate and find ways of doing things and making money that way but the counties really are up against it so I really hope that um, I mean, I don't think there's an answer, really, is there? But just a way through can be found so that we hope that all of those 18 counties are here, because certainly that's something that you and I share, isn't it, that we want those 18 counties protecting? Well, they need protection now more than ever, don't they? Absolutely. 18 counties, um, all of them 
Every single one of those 18 counties, whatever your allegiance to, contributed to the hashtag cricket family, the fabric of cricket, the summers that we've had in the past and are special. And they need to be preserved and need to be protected. And as, as Kevin just said, the, uh, the finances are going to be very, very tight, not just in cricket, but around the world. So uh, hopefully when we get back to uh, April next year, if that is when we next see cricket, because we it's all speculation, none of us know, there will be 18 counties taking the field. Final question, Kevin Hand, what are you going to do with yourself until that first ball bowled, whenever that may be? Oh, goodness me. Well, have a look to see when school reopens first, because if it doesn't, <laughs> I tell you what, I've got my hands full. I'm busier than I've ever been. <laughs> it's far much harder work than being a cricket commentator, this, I can tell you. <laughs> are you teach, uh, what, what are you teaching them? How to score? Are you teaching them the laws of cricket? I've got some good cricket games going, actually. They were playing in the hallway just as I came in to talk to you, actually. I said, um, yeah, Teddy's going in to do something for work now, so keep it down a bit. And then I realised, well, actually, they're playing cricket, so maybe people would like hearing that in the background. Obviously, with the tennis ball rather than a cricket ball in the hallway but no we've had some good cricket matches in the back garden and certainly we'll be doing plenty of that until we can see the real thing again but hopefully it is not very far away fingers crossed that we get to see cricket reasonably soon none of us know but for now Kevin Hunt thank you very much for joining me on the Cricket Badger thanks for having me and keep up the great work on the podcasts thanks mate it's that Badger style My thanks to Kevin Hand for his appearance on the podcast. Good to catch up with him. Good to catch up with anybody that I would be usually seeing on the cricket circuit or chatting to about cricket during a summer. As Kevin says on this podcast, it's going to be a strange old summer because a lot of the people that I would be shaking hands with now and saying, have you have you wintered well, is the common saying in press boxes around the land in April. And that winter is uh, going to be stretching on for the foreseeable future. Let's hope we do see some cricket at some stage soon. And of course, get involved with the Goat Cricketer votes on the at cricket underscore badger Twitter feed. Ian Botham has already been awarded the greatest of all time in terms of the England Test team. We're now on to the Indian vote as well. 32 very fine Indian players have gone into the hat, been drawn out. Enter hashtag Goat Cricketer on Twitter or just have a look at the at cricket underscore badger Twitter feed. Cast your votes and let's find out who is the greatest Indian cricketer of all time. Until we meet again, Cricket Badgers, keep safe, stay well, look after each other. And I'll see you next time on the Cricket Badger Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.